Bonanian. There are times I do give out phone quotes. It's not often, but, you know, A, I'm trying to help somebody, and B, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a practical question. Tell me how, you know, how much is it to do this engine? Give me a ballpark. It would sure do me good. Do you good? Let me help. The car doctor. From what you're telling me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. From what you're telling me, Ray, it, it, it sounds like you were overcharged. Something, so, something doesn't make sense. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie Naming the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here, here to take your calls and uh, solve your problems, whatever they might be, as uh, we motor on down the road. I'm accompanied this hour by Lucy the Wonder Dog. Let me look down her. She's in studio with me today. She's sleeping on the floor, so obviously I've had my impact on the audience already. And uh, Mikey's on the other side of the glass with Big Tom Ray, executive producer. And uh, they're both waiting for your calls at 855-560-9900. Yeah, Let's... give us a call because we're sleeping too. Well, you could be. Um, uh, are you done now? Okay, good. So, uh, Anything else, Tom, you want to say and include? By the way, I loved your and Stephen Mississippi. We're coming. Um, I, I loved your comment in the in in the middle of the hour. You know, we just came in from our second hour about the connected car. Uh, you know, we were talking about connected cars in the last hour and, and how the car companies are gathering data. Right. And and Tom had an answer for him. I'm yeah. not telling him nothing. <laughs> well, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, all, all three of our cars have the ability to do that through the Bluetooth on the cell phone to send data to Ford. It's like. I, I I go to Ron and Anian. Why do I need to have Ford tell me when I need something? Well, you know, you know, and that's part of it, Tom. But I think the bigger factor is that we're so bombarded by information. I can't pick up my cell phone anymore without, you know, let me see. Facebook sends me a notice. Google sends me a notice. Fox News sends me a notice. Uh, you know, Twitter sends me a notice. Instagram sends me a notice. I get notice of my emails. I just want to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't you love it? And, and there's no way to turn any of that off. And you can't really make the phone call because a telemarketer's calling you now. Right. So I can't use the device that I'm paying for. And I'm just, I'm at that point where I can imagine how this is going to intrude on the automobile. I really envision the day where, and I think it's here already, that I'm waiting for the repair order to come in, the ticket on my, on my, on my rack that says, um, diagnose heated cup holder not working. You know, because we're just so in involved or, you know, I don't get my Google updates anymore. Or, you know, the amount of, it's a car. It's got to go from A to B. And, you know, when the, kids, when, the kids were, when the kids were young, when we were, you know, the immediate family was in the house, we went on vacation every year. And I'm sorry, Steve, once, once actually we, we get Steve back, I'm sorry. Um, so we'd go on vacation every year, and we'd go up to Cape Cod, and we'd go up to the far end of Cape Cod, right? We'd go out to Truro and, and, and Eastham and, you know, way out on the end of the Cape. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's remote. There's not a lot of anything out there, you know, except people and cars. And, and, and I often, I remember the one night my oldest, when she was very young, was, was very sick. She had a cold or she had a fever of some kind. And this is... My gosh, this is 30 years ago. 
and I had to go to find the nearest drugstore. The nearest drugstore was in Provincetown. It was a good hour's ride away. And you're driving through the back roads of Cape Cod in the dark. There's no street lights on Cape Cod. I don't know if you you know it's it's they pull on the sidewalks after six thirty, okay? And you're you're driving through the back roads of Cape Cod, just you know, where's the drugstore and you you know, down in Provincetown and all the way at the end and uh, you know and I think about that when I think about all this connected car nonsense. Because you know, how will they do that? How will they reach that connected car in the remote part of the country? I was up there two months ago on vacation, a month ago on vacation, and I couldn't make sense of it, but my cell phone kept going dead. I'd burned through a battery in, in three quarters of a day, whereas normally I'd get two days out of a battery. And I realized I turned off the location device so that my cell phone couldn't find me. And that lengthened the life of the battery. And I said what it is, as I'm driving around in the car, I'm changing position so fast the phone can't find the tower. So it's constantly searching for tower connection to connect the phone. So Google, Fox News, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, my mail, and everything else can tell me where I am and what traffic jam I'm sitting in in the car and all the other nonsense. So in order to get my phone to do what I want it to do, I now have to turn off the locator, which is dangerous because god forbid somebody had to find me in an accident so the whole thing is ludicrous i think it should be a and and, and trust me trust me when i tell you cars do the same thing and at the bottom of this the the the, the criminal at the bottom of the barrel it's all about money it's it's advertising and bringing vendors or customers to bear to you know to say hey i can give joe smith chevrolet you know 50 new customers a day by tying it into their car through their car through their phone so connected cars are there's going to be an invasion of privacy conversation and i think it's already happening from some of what people are telling me and i think it's only going to get bigger in time so but um yeah to be continued uh steve in mississippi thanks for putting up with me there steve i appreciate it how can i help you today sir Yes. Hey, I got a uh, 2003 Honda CRV. Okay. It's 212,000 miles on it. Just broken it's, uh, in. Good yeah. condition. Yep. Yeah, I got a uh, Autel Mexicom on it right now with live data. Okay. And uh, it keeps popping up a 505 code. I've right. had a couple of mechanics. I've tried to fix it. Right. I've changed the idle air control valves. The only thing I haven't changed, there's a couple things. The throttle body, which one of the shops recommended. I bought a China aftermarket one and put that on. And uh, right now, the short-term uh, fuel trim, it's like 1.01, and the limits on my hotel is one, one, zero to 1. And so that's telling me I have a, what I believe is some type of vacuum leak, but I can't find it. Well, let's... And I was just wondering what you... Yeah, tell, wait, tell me what you think I yeah, should... Yeah, wait, wait, wait a minute now. Um, you're looking at fuel trim, and it's what, Stevie? Uh, on this, on the hotel, hotel meter, it's a Maxicom. It goes zero to one, and mine's one point zero one. Okay, so are you reading year make model? Oh, you yes. know what? You know what you're looking at. You're looking at the air fuel ratio reading, aren't you? Uh, it says air fuel FBST fuel trim. So is yeah. that what I'm looking at? You're you're looking at air. I I think you're looking at air fuel feedback sensor 
fuel trim. You're yeah. looking you're yeah, looking I'm, at that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, you're looking at the signal being generated by the sensor which will drive the PCM to modify fuel trim. So okay. we, you, you got it right in front of you. Can you find fuel trim? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is there something there that says SFT? SFT? Uh, SFT, short-term, I'm sorry, STF, short-term fuel trim or STFT? Is there something there that okay, specifically just says fuel trim by itself? And then, you know, there should be one long-term fuel trim and short-term fuel trim. Yeah. I don't know how. Okay. So do this. Are you into that? Are you in that tool? Is that tool year, make, model, or OBD2 specific? It's, uh, it does have year, make, and model. Okay. What, are you, what are you in right time, now? You know, it's, are you, what's that? Are you looking at it now using Honda-specific software? You're, you're, you're into it? Yes. So, okay. So get out of that. Here's, have, you, okay. have you used this tool before, Stevie? I've used it a little bit, okay. but, you know, I don't have that much use for it. But, all right. Yeah. So but, here's here's the problem, all right? And, and God bless you for trying. Mm -hmm. All right, brother? So, you're, 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 hey, listen, man, it takes guts to do this, right? Um, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're trying to fix something broken with a tool you're not familiar with using a system you haven't had experience on, all right? Correct. So, so let's make this simple. OBD2. Go into it, you know, turn the tool off, reboot it. There should be a section there where you can go in under OBD2 protocol, all right? OBD2 okay. is the standardized emission control testing that the government mandated as part of the Clean Air Act back in 96, all right, that it said all vehicles manufactured 96 and up are going to have OBD2 diagnostics. Everything is standard. So when, when you plug into any OBD2 port, you go into OBD2 data, Every car, from a Mercedes to a Nissan to a Chevrolet to a Honda, anything sold in the United States, a Porsche, it's all going to look the same. And, okay. it, you know, vehicle manufacturers will get different. Chrysler uses a different expression for fuel trim than GM, than Ford, and so on and so forth. Use OBD2. Go find fuel trim. See where the fuel trim is. All right. And then, and then we can mm -hmm. talk. Then we can talk next week. If you find that in the next, you got uh, forty-six minutes this hour, you can call me back. Now, be before I oh. let you go, a P zero five zero five, and before you get out of your make model on this, go into special functions. See if that vehicle has an idle relearn. See if there is a throttle angle reset, and any type of do they reference any sort of throttle relearn. It was oh three oh four oh five when Honda first started doing this. Is this is this a drive yeah. is this drive by wire or does this have a cable? It has a cable. It has a cable, so it won't have relearn then. Yeah. It shouldn't have relearn. The drive by wires had relearn. All right. Well there actually were procedures there for relearn, but um, not throttle. People I've talked to people I talked to say that they basically just relearn by driving it. Right. So right. At this Be point, maybe I should try that. Well you could I don't think it'll matter because it has a cable. My experience has been if it has a cable, relearns don't matter. It only matters on the drive-by-wire cars. All right? Um, do this. Look at fuel trim. Is it is it out of range? Look at idle air control counts. It'll be listed as IAC. If, mm -hmm. if, if IAC is at zero and the vehicle is at idle, then, yes, I, I think you have a vacuum leak somewhere. 
All right. Okay. You know that's that's well, number one, number and two, and then last, and I'll no, I'll take a question one sec, and then last. Sure. Um, does the idle air control valve have coolant around it? Is it the type that's heated by coolant? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. And is it there hot is on? Is it hot on both sides? Is it warm on both sides? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But oh, okay, I'll because those those hoses get clogged over time, and and they mm -hmm. won't flow coolant, and then affects idle air control operation. Go ahead. You had a question. Yeah, uh, my question to you was, um, what do you think about this valve assembly rotor? Are you familiar with that, if you pull the picture up? or uh, It's a big thing that rotates and lets the air in and out. Is there any chance that could be getting carboned up or anything, causing some of these problems? Or well, I thought that's what on you, the intake side. I thought that's what you changed. I'll tell you what, no, Stevie. No, I, I did not change... Stevie, stay where, you, stay, stay, stay where you are, babe. Sit, sit right where you are. Give me one second. Let me pull over take the pause. I don't want to cut this short. Stay where you are. I'll come right back to you. Stephen, Mississippi, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, Stevie, you still there, Stevie, Mississippi? Yeah, I'm o still here. 03 Honda CRV. Thanks, babe. I appreciate your waiting with us. Um, you know, I didn't ask you the most basic question. Is the idle speed high on this car? Well, no, it's like uh, it's like 800 RPMs right now with the ACs running. Okay. AC running. Th that's, that's almost on the fudge factor of high, just so you know. They, okay. they, 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 they they get very particular. All right. As a matter of fact, the next generation with drive-by wire, when there's no throttle cable, uh -huh. will set this 505 code on the difference of 50 RPM. So they, okay. they, they, get, they get really fussy. Uh, one thing before we, before we go on, I, w I just want to mention it. Have you looked at the throttle stop screw on the side of the throttle body? No, not really. So just look at the throttle stop screw. Is there any, is there a gap between the end of the screw, and the, the tang of the plate. You ever work on a car with a carburetor, well, Stevie? Yeah, I have. Okay, I have. so you know what I mean? You, you, so, you kind of sound like yeah. you, you know, You know what I'm talking about with a base idle screw, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, so, I know, you know what you're talking about. So, so I think it's all the way back, to be honest with you. What's all, um, the, what's all then, the way back? Here's a real quick um, I could put a Chinese um, throttle body because of the cost, and um, thinking it was, uh, that was the problem. Now they say a mechanic told me to get a Honda, which is a thousand dollars. Do you think that could be my problem, or does I just start throw parts at it? Yeah, we're starting to throw parts at it. I'd rather diagnose it. I'd rather put yeah. the I'd rather put the original one back on, and yeah, and, and, and diagnose it. I'm a I'm a, I'm a diagnose guy. So yeah, I agree. You know, I want to know is the base idle screw. Well, here, do this. Put it put it back together with the original Honda piece, and okay. take the air intake boot off. This isn't a mass airflow car, right? This is a map car. Yes, this is a map car. The map sensor is on top right. of the throttle map, bar. And right. I just changed that out because it was so cheap. Well, and I said, well, maybe it could be doing it. So let's put it all back to original, okay? okay. And so do you know what an idle air control valve is? Yeah, I know it's, uh, it lets the, it adjusts the amount of airflow in for idle. Right. It's, and it's, there's it's, three wires to it. It's a bypass around the throttle plate. They're just, they're, okay. they're just, you know, it's sort of like if your wife said, "Hey, open the front door. It's hot in here," and you open the front door. You're, you're letting the air bypass the windows and come in the front door. Same idea. Right. So with right. the, with the engine running at idle, warmed up, okay, 
you should be able to take your finger or something and block off the idle port, all right? And I've done that before, and, and it slows down. Does it slow down? Does it stall? Um, I've also taken it where they, I've taken a piece of cardboard and put it up, and it stalls right away. Yes. Okay, so maybe you're not getting On a good main... seal when you, you know, here's here's why mechanics wear rubber gloves. Rubber gloves, and you put your index finger on that port, boy, that thing will suck right in, and <laughs> you know you've got yeah. a good seal. So you you could yeah. try that. Now, if it doesn't okay. stall, you know, with 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 a good seal there, all right. Uh, even though you said do it with yeah. cardboard, just just do it again. Do it again with you know the same parts. Let's go back and be scientific. Step one, step two. You know, either we've got okay. a vacuum leak, or we could have a bad PCV valve. All right. Or did somebody change the PCV yeah. valve? Is this PCV valve? I changed that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How did I know you were yeah, going to do that, that, Stevie? Now, you got to stop changing. <laughs> you got to stop changing things. We got diagnosed. Well, I know, but at, at this point, I've, I'm so frustrated. It's been nine months working on it and uh, kicked back from a couple car shops. You know. Yeah, I understand. Um, drive to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, I've I've had my battles over the years. It's it's there's always a reason why a car mm -hmm. runs why a car runs wrong. There really is. And, uh, right. you know, I want to get down to the root cause of it. And it's and you feel so silly because when you find out, I remember we had a Chrysler. God, it's got to be 25 years ago. You always forget the hard ones, right? We had a Chrysler 25 years ago. It would start, stall when it was cold, and then run normal the rest of the day. And it had to go through a four- to six-hour cool down before it would act up again. And what it turned out to be was, and we talked to everybody, we diagnosed, we threw everything we had at this car, and I'm sat there, I thought about it, and I said, it's so basic. What if I open the throttle plate a little bit more? And I, I did, one morning I did it, and I just touched the, my foot to the pedal, and the car idled every time. I went out, I looked at the throttle stop screw. One of the three shops before us had backed off the throttle stop screw and never reset it properly. I tweaked it up just to touch the car, ran perfect the rest of its life. So there's always a bottom line answer. Take a look at the throttle stop screw, Stevie. Take a look at, if you if you close off the IAC, take a look at the coolant flow to the IAC valve. Um, try and read what you can about the intake air bypass. That's also in there, too, that feeds air to the injectors. And then call me back next week and we can talk about it. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. back. We're on the name of the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. Should point out that is the car doctor's 24-7 number. If you are new to the car doctor family, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I know we've got a list of affiliates this week. Tom is going to make some uh, serious welcomes next week as uh, we can't keep up with the growing uh, demand. I think we picked up 14 or 15 or something. See, that star with the wrench for Halloween costume really looks good. You know, it's uh, so um, that's, you know, and it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, it, it, Sam in Illinois. I, let me do Sam in Illinois, and then I'll tell you the quick. It's a funny story about me and a state trooper um, this week. That's kind of, oh, boy. Um, Sam, Illinois, yes, sir, 89 Toyota MR2. How can I help? Yes, thanks for uh, taking my call. You're welcome, sir. What's going um, on? The problem I'm having, it, this car does not get driven. It's it's my... Uh, Sunday car. It's well, It just hasn't... Got driven yet? I mean, I've been, I've had it for a while, and I've been, I took it off the thing for plates and everything for about a year because I got other cars. So, um, but I, I'm trying to find a buyer, but I still can't find anybody. Okay. But 
what what's and I run it every month, no matter what. Run it meaning I start it. I don't drive it. Right. Um, I'm having a problem. There's three problems. One is at 1500 RPMs now the the idle is fluctuating. That's one problem. The second problem is at 4200 RPMs the uh, check engine light pops on and at 5000 it goes off. Okay. And that's two, right? That's uh, the two. third one. I think that's it. Yeah, that, that's that's the, pretty the, much the what. The third uh, one. The third one is you really want to keep the car, but your wife won't let you. <laughs> Tell the truth. Well, Come on, you really, you really, no, no, you really, I can't drive this thing in the winter. That's my problem. You know, you got to you got to move to a warm state. You got to move where the climate isn't so bad. I know. Um, that, you got that right. Yeah, it would solve no a doubt. lot of your problems. Listen, there's nothing like uh, having a hot yeah. rod. Danny, my mechanic, and his long-term girlfriend of six years recently took a pause. Right. And the poor guy is like all terminally, you know, he's just not, he's not thrilled with life lately. So I took the hot rod to work about two weeks ago. And uh, yeah. I said, listen, I said, the oil needs to be changed on the hot rod and rotate the tires for me, would you, kid? And he rotates the tires, changes the oil. And um, it's customary in the shop, you know, y you work on the car, you drive the car afterwards. So he looks at me because he knows what's coming, you know, like, oh, my God, Ron's going to let me drive. <laughs> Nobody, Ron doesn't let anybody drive the hot rod, right? <laughs> So I threw him the keys right. and I said, here, don't kill yourself, right? You had to hear him going around the block. He was so petrified to death, open headers, black 55 Chevy, making all kinds of... <laughs> brum, brum, brum. He, pulls back into the, he pulled back into the shop about three minutes later, grinning ear to ear. And I said to him, uh, I said, uh, how's your ex-girlfriend doing? He goes, who? See? And I said, you know, it just, it just it, it clears your head right out. You know, who? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. there's nothing like yeah. a hot rod. It's just so you got to drive the MR2, baby. It's just, it's cool, right? They were, and they were a cool car. They well, were very ahead of their time. They were. They really Absolutely. were. I mean, I'm six foot tall and I can fit comfortably and just go cross country very easily. Right. And smooth. I mean, it's very right. cool. So everybody needs a hot rod. I've, I've come to that conclusion. The country would be a better place if more kids were working on big block Chevelles in the corner parking lot of Dairy Queen on Friday night than uh, the current crop of gangbangers and everything else well, we got going on. So um, let me tell you, the best part of this car—it's automatic. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I it. Yeah. Hey, listen. But it's a smooth car, and you know, just just cruising. Well, some of the fastest some of the fastest hot rods are automatics. Trust me. You can't. Somebody taught me yeah. a long time ago. You can't outshift an automatic. So what's wrong with this car? Well, so the the thing I would want to know is if you if you have the ability to pull codes on this, you know what okay. what, what fault code is there? And I'm going to take a bet and go out on a limb and think okay. that there's going to be a code six in this car because what you're okay. des what you're describing to me are the classic symptoms of what these cars went through with distributor issues. And a lot. Well, of, uh, you, go ahead. Okay. You're going to tell me. You're going to tell me you put a distributor in it, right? A while back, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Aftermarket or no? Um, Re I bought a used one because yeah. I couldn't find a. Right. I couldn't find a. That's, you know, and that's, a refurbished or a new one. Right, and that's and that's part of the problem. There was. There's two signals involved here. There's a signal out of the igniter. All right, that goes to the okay. PCM that tells it, "Hey, here's what I'm at." And then there's a signal from the distributor to the 
ECM. So okay. you know we have a signal from okay. we have a signal from the module and a signal from the distributor, and the ECM compares those and says, "Is everybody on board? And is everybody telling me the truth?" And then it does what it wants to do with timing appropriately. So there's they they actually monitor it in two places. Man, can you imagine this? Look at look at how archaic this is, wow. right? You know, this is today. Well. Today there's a processor that does this, you know, a bazillion times in the amount of time it took me to explain it to you. So yeah. the bigger problem with this, all right, igniters were bad on yeah. these cars. I remember igniters failing all the time. Every time we'd scope it, we'd see a bad signal out of the igniter. But there was also yeah. issues out of the wiring harness between the ECM and the distributor. They were oil-soaked. Okay. They got dry. They got brittle. They cracked. They... You know, okay. and a lot of distributors okay. got replaced for bad wiring harnesses. So, okay. Step one, well, step two. Okay. Step two is you got to scan it for codes. Step one, okay, is you go home tonight and you tell your wife we're moving to Florida, and when she says <laughs> why, you say because I want to drive my MR2. And she's when she says no just when, when she says just drive it, just build another garage and buy another <laughs> car. You got her, brother. It'll be great. All right? And then if that doesn't work, All see right. step two. Get the codes and then start. If it is a code six yep. distributor and stuff, you can start looking at all this nonsense. Yeah. But think about the wiring harness. The between wiring the, harness. Yeah, the wiring harness. Yeah. It's probably yeah. oil-soaked by now and, right brittle as, and, and brittle as hell. All right? Right. All right. Good luck sure. to you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, kiddo. All Take right. good care. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I'm telling you, Danny. Danny was so normal the rest of the week. He was just, he just, you know, grinning ear to ear. And he, he said, and he was like this, he comes over, he goes, smell my t-shirt. I go, why? He goes, oh, it smells like exhaust. Isn't that great? You know, it's like an aphrodisiac. It's like, not to me, but I mean to, you know, to a car guy, it's like, oh, you know, I smell like a car now. You know? Oh, my God, the way it was. How did I survive? Um, anyway, 855-560-9900, the car doctor's cruising back right after this. Welcome back. Well, I'm Name the Car Doctor at your service. Let's go over to Frank in New Mexico. Frank, how's things out in New Mexico way today? Got a big rain yesterday, 0.75 inches, which is a lot for us. Yeah, that sounds like a lot for you. Oh, we're drying out. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you, I obtained this uh, 7148 what, propane enrichment tool, right. and I've got my little brake line stuck in there, you know, with right. the pins down to the opening of uh, two uh, paperclip wires. Yeah peeing in the, to the shape of an eye, and as far as using it, I'm wondering, should I turn that main propane valve all the way on, a little bit on? No, what I do is, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm sniffing around and I'm looking for a, a vacuum leak, I'll start small. So, you know, I may, I may turn that, the black knob, oh, you know, an eighth of a turn, just give it, just crack it off of, uh, you know, if we're looking at the face of a clock, just crack it like an hour, an hour and a half open, and then the, bu yeah. the button on the top is the go no go right that's the right. flow so that's you know that's maximum wide open there's no way to adjust that there's no regulation there so the black is your fine tune so i hold the, the the top brass button down and i i you know slowly open and close the black trying to find my flow now you know the issue becomes and you know you can you can turn it all the way open and and and, and listen to it you'll hear how much comes out it doesn't take much propane's very precise and, you know, as you get to use it, you'll get more comfortable with it. Um, one thing, you know, to, to realize is if you, were, if you were trying to get a car to run on propane, 
because you're 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 lazy like Ron and you don't like pushing cars, you're going to crank that black valve wide open flow. You're trying to get as much volume of fuel into the duct into the engine as possible. I know your your Oldsmobile is carbureted and it's not necessarily affected by that. Um, but you know that's yeah, I, that's yeah, I've been I've been experimenting with it and getting it to where just a little puff comes out. You know, right, right. Each time I hit that button, but I just didn't want to go overboard if. If that was possible. No, I don't. I don't know if it's possible to go overboard because the worst that happens is the car stalls. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's you know, but it's it's think of it as a if it was if it was smoke that you were letting out of that wand. All right, and you were you were smoking the intake to look to see where the smoke got sucked in, for lack of a better yeah. way to put it. How much smoke do you want coming out the end of that brake line? And yeah. you know that's that's sort of how you're looking at it. All right, uh, you know it's just that it's just another fuel source. It's wherever there's a vacuum leak, it's going to draw it in. Now on a carbureted car, it's a little primitive via scan tool because if you were watching this on a scan tool, it's such a slow processor that you won't see a real fast reaction rate. What I would do is I would go down to the oxygen sensor, and you've probably only got one on the driver's side. I'm going to guess. There's probably a purple or green wire leading down to the O2, and the black wire of the, o, the the other side of that is just a single black wire going down to the sensor. I would tap into the body harness, into the main vehicle harness there, and put a voltmeter on it, zero to one volt. You, you, ever, you ever play with an, an O2 sensor, Frank, to see how it works? Uh once, long time ago, okay. I, I think I know what you're talking about there, well, yeah. A, a, an oxygen sensor is like a thermostat, right? Yeah. It's, it's a voltage-producing device that, as the voltage goes up, the computer sees the increase in voltage, and it says, hey, the vehicle is running rich, let's cut back on the fuel. And then as it drops down low, low is lean, it says, hey, the vehicle is lean, let's add more fuel to the mixture, and so on. So it's sort of like the thermostat in your house. You set it at 68, the heat comes up comes up to 68, the furnace shuts down, it you know runs, then as it cools off, it brings it back up. It's an on-off cycling type of process. Well, you can look at that signal on a voltmeter, all right, uh, especially on an older, simple car like this. Now, it works really well if you have an, a real old-school analog voltmeter with a sweeping needle. You know? Yeah, I do. I got a great big old Simpson. There you go. How, how did I know you would have one of those? Um, actually, I actually have one of those too. And I kind of, I still like using it. Um, but you know, it's 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 high low. Now, for your purposes, you can look to see where it's going. It's it's going to be very slow, and it's just going to dither a lot and think about it a lot. They weren't really fast and responsive. And the, and the best example of this I can give you is if you want to see a real fast one, once you get comfortable with it on an old car, hook it up to a newer car. That needle's bouncing so fast, you'll understand why everything went digital. And it's, it's sort of the best example of and the best look of at something digital versus analog. Now, get it on a voltmeter and then feed a little propane to the motor and watch what the O2 sensor does. It's going to be instantaneous that it's going to go rich. And okay, it, you're yeah. going you're, you're to see a rich condition because that fuel is is displacing oxygen. And, great tip. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, uh, the reason I'm, I'm going to do this is because... A problem developed with the old. It sounds like it ha it's running like it has a miss. Okay, this happened a couple of years ago. I swore it was electronics plugs or something. Everything checked out. Couldn't find the miss that I thought it was. Took it to the shop. Half hour shop time later, they said, "Oh, there's a vacuum leak. Everything else is fine." I neglected to say, "Where was that leak? Show me." But anyway, it, it it's happening again. All the plugs are firing, but it sounds like it's 
the mist. So right. I'm going to do the vacuum leak sniffer thing now. Yeah, check 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 around the base gasket very carefully of the uh, carburetor. They tended to rot and fall away. And a lot of the vacuum lines coming off the back of the intake manifold and any of the vacuum lines anywhere on those uh, had a tendency to collapse inward, so you would only see it while the vehicle is running. But, you know, that's what that tool is good for. And then get yeah. in the habit of using that tool on a good car, and you'll see the result, and then you'll understand what it's like when you get a sick car. And then you'll understand when you've got a large vacuum leak on something and it runs really rough and terrible and raggy, how the propane smooths it out, and you know that you're looking for a vacuum leak because fuel will fix a vacuum leak. I've never seen fuel fix an ignition miss or a mechanical problem, so uh, you can use it that way, too. Keep going, Frank. You're, uh, you're getting there, babe, and um, keep doing what you're doing. I'm Ron Annie, The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Annie, The Car Doctor. Michael in Massachusetts. Go, babe. 03 Honda Accord. This is the AC car from last week, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. I uh, did everything. Let's see. We took the, I think it was a number 30 dash, under dash uh, fuse, number 12 under the hood. We checked those. They were checked out all right. Okay. Um, I tapped the uh, I tapped the snowflake uh, relay. No change. A times and with it with the AC on, no change. Okay. Now, the only thing I did not do was take a reading of the uh, of the voltage. I didn't have my mechanic. Uh, hadn't seen him in a while, so I could not get uh, I could not get the reading on the uh, compressor. Okay. That's. Um, if you, I, go ahead. If I can get a reading on the compressor and it checks out. What, uh, anything else? It might well, you're looking to see, do you, do you have voltage and ground at the compressor? And if you do, mm -hmm. you've got a bad clutch coil. It's You're at that point. Okay. All right? That's, that's the last mm -hmm. step and probably the most critical step. All right? If you don't have voltage at the compressor, then we've got to backtrace it up, possibly a bad uh, pressure switch or a bad climate control head. Not impossible, but clutch coils are yeah. the bigger failure, and generally, at this age and mileage, com clutch coils become compressor and clutch coils. How many miles were on this car? I don't recall. Uh, I have... <laughs> well, how many? 150,000. Yeah, so it's... You know, one, the, the issue is to, to take it apart and just do a compressor clutch, uh, you know, it's got a fair amount of miles on it, and the, the price difference is going to be such to justify the labor that it probably pays just to put a good compressor mm -hmm. assembly in it and be done with it, if that's what it turns yeah. out to be. So have your mechanic check for a voltage at the compressor clutch coil. You know, you should be able to turn it on and off if he has any doubt. Um, here's an example where let's put a, remember old school round style headlights? Yeah. Okay. Let's use a let's use a round style headlight. That's about that'll put up that'll require about seven amp load on the circuit. If the AC if the AC control can turn on that headlight in place of the compressor clutch, we now know the circuit will support electrical current. It'll support the load, and that you've got a bad compressor. We're using the uh, headlight as a, a load substitute, so we can try it that way. Or we can just do it with a voltmeter. The um, the headlight's a nice touch though that uh, you may want to do because it will it will put load and duplicate load on the system. Try that this week. Call me back next, and uh, we can kind of take it from there. But I think you're getting closer, Michael. Good job. Hey, another hour just flew by. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor reminding each and every one of you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.